Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie. The Tonish to Michal Martin has signalled support for a decriminalisation of drugs, saying that he backs calls from his own TDs for a health-led approach. Now, recreational drug users could be able to access their substance of choice in a not-licence-style uh, outlet in a bid to control the makeup of drugs and limit the ability of drug gangs to make vast fortunes from their illegal trade. Well, drug policy reform activist Martin Condon joins me now. Martin, good morning to you. Good morning, thanks for having me on. Uh, you're very welcome indeed, and good to talk to you, Martin. Is this what you've been waiting to hear, Martin? This is a very welcome message, definitely. It's uh, what, what I've really been waiting to hear is that there's actually policy in place and that it's going to be signed off, um, because we, we've kind of heard words being played to, to this um, regard before and no action really followed up on. Like, for example, in, uh, not too long ago, there was a, a great document published by uh, the Justice Committee mm. with 22 amazing recommendations, and there's been no talk or action on any of those recommendations, and all of those recommendations would be nodded towards the drug decriminalisation and uh, possible regulation of the drug supply for drug users uh, in order to reduce the harms associated with the drugs, because a lot of the harms associated with the drugs stem from drug prohibition, unfortunately, quality control really yes. isn't at the forefront of a drug dealer's uh, mind really when providing drugs to drug users. You're well qualified to talk about this, Martin, because I know that cannabis helped your own epilepsy but you ended up in prison. I, I did end up in prison and uh, I was in prison at a time when I was actually going through college to um, obtaining my degree in, in horrible science where I've uh, got, a, got a very good understanding as to how cannabis has benefited me as, a, as an epilepsy patient. And also how it can help many other patients suffering with many other conditions too outside of epilepsy. Um, but yes, yeah, five days in prison I served, um, and this was before my epilepsy was active. Uh, and my dad, my epilepsy became active again. I, I was born with it, yes. um, and it was non-active since I was less than six months old. And after I spent five days in prison, and I was released on temporary release, where I had to go every day to the Garda station to sign a book just to say that I was in the area, I was abstaining from drug or from uh, alcohol and drugs. Um, I, there was a differentiation there on those two. Um, but my, my seizures returned 14 days into that temporary release. But it, it took another six years from that before I actually received a, an official diagnosis as it slowly returned. My, my seizures, I had a seizure that time. I didn't have another seizure till about two years later. And it coincided with and appearance on court, because uh, I don't know if you've ever had to go to court for anything, hopefully not, but it's very stressful to have at the back of your mind, you know, you're going to be facing a person who holds your freedom in their hands. It's no easy thing to be dealing with, uh, certainly for a victimless crime. I, I also might add that I'm, I'm being punished for my, my own good to protect me, it makes no sense. And, and does that, that conviction, does that continue to haunt you in some way? Does that affect your travel, for example? Um, it has, and I'll, I'll add that while I was in college, I started up an organisation called Students for Sensible Drug Policy, mm. which is a grassroots organisation that originated in America over 20 years ago, um, and its networks now run global across the world where students are banding together um, to combat the harmful drug policies. And as part of that, I was invited over to the International um, uh, 
conference, the annual Inter-African conference, and I, I was denied my travel to uh, Washington, D.C., where while I was there, I was also invited along to attend the United Nations General Assembly, a special sitting on narcotics, which would have been very beneficial for me and my, um, my, my what, I, what I'm trying to do, even hair talking with you now. That would have provided me an amazing networking opportunity and to come back to Ireland armed better to help uh, our society uh, achieve better things. But unfortunately, I was hampered in that goal um, to strengthen my network, to strengthen my ability to, to, to combat this, um, all because I got caught with some cannabis, not because you know I, I'd done harm to somebody, just simply because I got caught right. with cannabis. And, and, and can I just point out that was for your own personal use? My uh, own personal use. I've never been charged with uh, yeah. the supply of cannabis or dealing. I've never been caught with any more than a personal amount of cannabis. Right. And uh, you're in no doubt that the medicinal value of cannabis to people with certain conditions and illnesses would be incredible. I, I do believe that, and I believe that decriminalisation of cannabis and the provision for safe supply and access to uh, all patients would be beneficial, as uh, m- many people who can currently access it now through the legal market know whether yes. or, whether or not it's helping them. And if it helps them, they're going to keep coming back to it. And it's it's much more beneficial that these people have uh, the barriers lowered and quite possibly just removed that they could walk into, like Michal Martin said, an off-licence style premises and obtain good quality cannabis and cannabis products to help with their condition because not everybody wants to smoke it. There's other ways in which they can consume it too. As a mother, actually, I'm a director of a group called Patients for Safe Access and I received a call yesterday and it was the very difficult part of the campaigning is receiving calls like this where a mother of her 10-year-old daughter has a sarcoma cancer and uh, she, she's meeting with her consultant today and she was asking me how can she talk with her consultant to this. So she knows there's a lot of stigma and a lot of barriers there for access, but currently they're accessing cannabis illegally. Um, they're, they're using CBD products and I believe they're, they're getting other forms of cannabis which we regarded as illegal and they're administering that to their child and, and it's benefiting her. Um, but they, yeah. they're, they're worried just even to talk with their consultant and this says a lot about the, the effects of drug prohibition, that it's not preventing teenagers accessing cannabis, but it's preventing patients even having a conversation with their consultants about cannabis. Right. That's and, very damaging. And do you, I mean, when you look at how we abuse alcohol in this country, Martin, do you have any issue that, you know, it's like those of us who, who wouldn't go and illegally buy drugs might choose this and get hooked in some way and that it might actually make the problem uh, worse? Um, what, what do you say to people who might make that argument to you? Yeah, I would definitely see, see the potential there for more people to get access. There'll be more addiction. But when, when you look at alcohol, for example, and it, when they prohibited that, people were still getting addicted under prohibition. It was much more harmful to the user of alcohol under prohibition. That they, they faced other more uh, more risks there, which, which aren't really associated with alcohol consumption, but more the illegal production of alcohol. And that's what's currently happening to patients now uh, under the market of prohibition, where People accessing cannabis, for example, are getting exposed to the dangerous synthetic cannabinoids that are uh, currently mm. contaminating cannabis at the moment. The HSE only recently issued a number of warnings on, on these type of products. Right. Well, there's no doubt the so-called war on drugs, uh, I think it was Richard Dixon actually who came up with that, that phrase originally, but that certainly hasn't worked and globally uh, it hasn't worked. So we certainly need to do uh, something else where this is concerned. Now, I, I was just looking at what Michal Martin said. It's very brief, as you said, there's no substance to it. So I don't know where we go from here. Do you? 
No, I, I think he's just pitching it up now for the Citizens' Assembly, which there's no date set yet, but there's been um, talks around spring or early summertime. Hmm. Um, so hopefully that gets uh, held sooner rather than later. It's a, it's a discussion that's much needed, as, as it was pivotal, I suppose, for other changes that happened not too long ago as well in Ireland around abortion, around same-sex marriage. The Citizens' Assembly really helped uh, move, move that uh, uh, policy change along. So fingers crossed the Citizens' Assembly on, on drugs does the same. All right, Martin, good to talk to you today. Gurmil Mahagat, uh, thank you and bye-bye to you. That's uh, Martin Condon then of the Drug Policy Reform uh, Group. How do you feel about that, uh, the legalisation of drugs? Uh, do you want to give me your opinion? 83 Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie